0: Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 29 of the Double Nistee Podcast with your hosts, Barney and Angelo. Angelo, how you doing? I'm doing well. You uh, just told me you had a nice nap before uh, recording, which is always helpful. I did. I'm trying to use this as a new technique to see if I'm spryer when it comes to podcasting. So we'll, we'll wait and see. And if I fall asleep you know, while recording podcasts, then you know, not the end of the world. We'll just edit that out.
1: Yeah, well, I was putting my kids to bed, who are both sort of sick. Uh, you were napping, which is great. I, uh, I got everything set up. I was pleasantly surprised when I went to Skype and I saw now we're officially friends because we haven't been friends, uh, since we started using Skype, you were always a pending contact and now you actually appear online for me. You're my friend. It's wonderful.
0: We're both online friends together. Cause I had the same issue with you. I mean, I, I would message you as a crapshoot in the dark, hoping that you were online so we could start recording. So we've been using Skype for the last couple of weeks instead of Google Hangouts. I'm liking it quite a bit. I'm liking it too. I mean, uh, it's a very comparable sound quality. and I guess we'll see uh, when we have a guest on if it's uh, of a better quality for all
1: three of us, right? Yeah, that's the thing we have to see. Uh, although everybody records their own little independent audio file, so it usually ends up not being a problem. Oh, my cat's come here to say hello. Do you hear
0: her? Yes, yeah, I definitely hear her, and she wants to be on Skype too, probably, yeah. so why don't we let her join us?
1: All right, she's quiet now. The thing is, I fed her. I made sure that to feed her so that we wouldn't hear her on the podcast. So uh, everyone, welcome my cat Lollipop to the show. She's our second guest we've had. Um, what's, uh, what's the deal with you, Lollipop? She's just walking away slowly. She's almost like Siri Jr. Yeah.
0: So uh, there we go. Um, so the first topic this week is something that is sort of like a follow-up but also like a continual conversation that we both have right so the idea of security password strength things like that so a couple of episodes ago I challenged everyone to uh, try and break into Angela's uh, personal files and personal profiles and that of course uh, did not happen because you practice good password health but not everyone does
1: Yeah, the article you sent me is um, some research done by LastPass, which is one of the preferred uh, password managers among uh, the bunch that are out there. It usually comes down to LastPass and 1Password. And uh, they've been talking about how uh, crummy people's security is at work. And how they are expected to remember nearly 200 passwords i don't know where these people work that they have to remember 200 passwords but of course they're going to keep using the same one over and over if they're expected to remember that many passwords which can become a big problem right so
0: yeah the report by LastPass indicated that while the majority almost everyone was like yo uh, let's practice good password safety uh, a lot of people actually didn't right so uh you almost 61 percent of respondents were saying that they do reuse passwords
1: yeah and of course if you have to remember i'd say anything over 10 or 15 passwords people are going to start using the same thing because they don't feel like remembering these things and of course that's where these password managers come in the problem is i know where i work they're not offering us password managers so we're just expected to remember our password and that's it luckily for us uh, at work i really don't have many passwords to remember There's pretty much my login and i use that for everything So it's a robust password I've created. I'm pretty sure my colleagues, not all of them have a robust password like I do. Can you do me
0: a favor? Go into work tomorrow and see if you can socially engineer your way into a situation where you gain one or two passwords. Like, I'm very curious. And I think that you're in a a position to be able to sort of uh, talk your way into people giving you their passwords because you're so trustworthy.
1: I did that a few years ago where uh, one of my colleagues was talking and I I said, let me guess, I bet your password is this, this, and this, because it was basically his birthday, and uh, and that's it. And he just walked away, downtrodden, and went back and changed <laughs> his password, because I had guessed it. So it was it was pretty funny to to see that happen. This was a good... Oh my God, I've been working there so long now, it was at least 10 years ago. But yeah, I guessed his password. And back then, uh, 10 years ago, passwords really... People weren't thinking about it as much as they do now, where it's they've become even more of a part of our lives. So yeah, his password was basically his birthday. My password for work, uh, my main password
0: for my terminal was given to me by IT, but it's a pretty robust password. It's, it, I, I'd be very surprised if anyone could um, s- spend a little bit of time guessing it. So uh, hopefully it's secure enough that no one breaks in and steals any of my Excel or Word files. I will guess it's password with an upside down W. And an exclamation yeah. point because you got to get that symbol in there. Yep. So, another interesting part about the, uh, the last pass, uh, I don't want to say if it's an expose or sort of like a dossier, I guess, is that they estimate that we spend about a half hour a month entering login credentials uh, in our different uh, day-to-day iterations, which I thought was very interesting. I could
1: see how that could add up, uh, especially if you have long passwords. All my passwords, like I've said, have, are pretty long. So I've had, had to enter those by uh, hand every single time instead of just using uh, either Touch ID on my iPhone or... Uh, autofills with uh, my iCloud keychain, then it would be pretty annoying that I have to do that, considering all my passwords are at least like 16 characters long. So that, uh, needless to say, that, like, yeah,
0: you and I, as we've discussed multiple times, are pretty safe in terms of uh, password protection. Once again, this is our PSA moment of the episode where we suggest that you take inventory of the passwords you use in your day to day life and see if you can sort of improve or change them. Right. Because regular rotation of passwords is very important. This is also not an invitation for you to hack us. Thank you. We do not appreciate that. Well, maybe one of us does. One of us maybe enjoys a little bit of chaos in our lives, and that person is obviously not me, so please go ahead and hack Angelo.
1: No, thanks. Uh, We also had a question to the show uh, from Rob. Now, this question, before I say the question, it also brought up a funny thought, is the questions always come from Rob. So what if he's both our only guest and our only listener? I want to be comforted by your
0: down stats to suggest that that is not true, and uh, texts I've received from friends suggest that they're listening, so... Uh, we do not exist in a rob vacuum though maybe we are just a turtle on top of a planet inside of rob's mind on top of another turtle
1: on top of two turtles let's be honest so okay let's go on to the next question he asked and so rob's question for me was is there an apple product that i would never purchase now the easy uh, cop-out answer is beats headphones (laughs) The 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 reason I say it's a cop out answer is it doesn't it's not an technically I guess an Apple product, Uh, Apple owns them. They're sold in Apple stores in abundance, but it's not an Apple branded uh, product. But uh, easy for me to answer. I don't like Beats headphones. Never liked them before they were purchased by Apple. Don't like them after they were purchased by Apple. I have nothing against Dr. Dre. He seems like a stand up guy but Uh, well uh, oh yeah it's true you know what not so much but uh he's i guess he's kind of learned his lessons in his old age uh that's neither here nor there i would not buy beats headphones they're uh too cumbersome for my taste i like more in-ear buds of some kind and i really like my apple branded airpods so uh,
0: let's go back, I think, to the spear of the question, right? I think he was asking more in terms of uh, a product
1: bearing the actual Apple logos or anything that you would not buy. In terms of actual product use, I, I would say a Mac Pro would be up there with something that wouldn't be something I would buy because it's so expensive for what it is, and I would gain no use of it. Would I take one if somebody offered it to me? then sure, but I would never buy a Mac Pro, <laughs> because I don't need one. Uh, what I do on my computers is relatively uh, low bandwidth. The worst thing I do in terms of uh, bandwidth is record a podcast with you, and that really doesn't take too much. The 8 gigabytes of RAM and my i5 pro- processor on this 2-year-old iMac works fine, uh, and as I say that, it'll crash and burn and we'll lose the rest of the show. But it seems to be fine. So I'd say uh, the sincere answer here would be a Mac Pro. Really? Because I thought you might have said the... Um, well, there's a couple of things, right? So the, the, Apple still makes an iPod Touch. Did you know this? Yeah, they do. Um, it's for little children that uh, <laughs> don't have uh, a hand-me-down iPhone. Uh, and it does work well. The iPod, I think it's an A9 processor in there, so it's actually relatively speedy. Unless, oh, maybe it's the A8 in there. I'm not sure. It's, 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 a, it's a more recent... It does it the does job. It does the job for what it's supposed to do, but yeah, it's, it's not the best thing. They don't sell any other iPods at this moment, I don't think.
0: And my second answer, and something that may be a little more relevant, is I am surprised to say the Apple TV. I love my Apple TV. I have one. But I meant the, the box top, right? Yeah, that's what I have. I have an Apple TV. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the
1: use of it. It's great. I, it's used every single day in my house. We use it either to stream music from Apple Music or uh, watch Netflix, uh, rent movies through iTunes. It works well. I wouldn't buy a 4K Apple TV right now, but that's mostly because I don't have a 4K TV. Uh, your cat's going insane, by the way. Everybody's going to... She's upset that she, we, we don't have her as a guest today.
0: <laughs> she's, she's being excluded from the Apple proceedings.
1: Sorry, I was just picking her up. Let's see if she talks in the microphone. Oh my gosh. That her was handle. her. <laughs>
0: right into the microphone. Man, that, uh, that was a little loud, a little startling there. Oh, it's
1: because I picked her up and put her right into the microphone. So oh, There you go.
0: She wants to join in. She wants to be inclusive. I'm curious to see Do if we have if to create a show? guest page on the website for her? <laughs> that, you know what? That'd be hilarious if we create a guest page <laughs> with her this week. So maybe we'll do that. Okay, so uh, taking a step away from uh, the current into the future, right? So uh, I want to stay on this Apple topic for just a second. Are, are there any Apple products that you can imagine yourself not buying that have yet to be created?
1: An Apple car. Uh, I was going to say an Apple treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, yeah, I've never been a fan of, of that type of cardio work. So yeah, an Apple treadmill would not go over well here. But uh, when there were the rumors of them buying a car, uh, I remember telling myself there's no way I'm... I'm trading in my Subaru for an Apple.
0: There we go. And with that, we have solved Rob's uh, query of the week right there. And then if you want to ask us questions, you can go ahead and do so via Twitter at double underscore density, facebook.com slash double density podcast, same thing on Instagram. If you want to hit us up, you can head over to double density.net and click on the contact button to send us your query.
1: Please do so. Uh, Rob seems to be the one who's most engaged with us, but we'd like to engage with our other listeners because we know you're out there. I was just joking when I thought Rob was our only listener and guest. Yeah, that would be great. Uh moving things along so
0: last week you mentioned buying an Apple Watch and this week you want to talk about uh a features of the Apple Watch that you're kind of I don't know if you're annoyed by or happy with depending on how you want to take this one. So
1: it's just an aside thing that uh I noticed this week when uh my wife would reply to me via the Apple Watch because it's just a quick terse one word response like yup or okay or whatever. And I I just realized that on the other end of my text uh, message conversations, I wonder what people think. So you're on the receiving end of my re- terse one word replies. What do you think when I just answer you with a yup or a great? Or I, uh, I figure you're probably busy with a child wife or like household activity, right? But does it tell you that pretty much whenever I get, you get a response like that and it comes like almost right away that it's, that it's my Apple watch that I'm responding with? I I haven't
0: given it much thought, actually, to be honest with you. I just figure that you're just out and about, and you're like, all right, let me put this phone phone back
1: in, or watch and take a look at my screen and put it back. No, all it is is that you don't even deserve me looking at my phone when I answer you. I just have to look at my wrist, tap a a screen, and then uh, you get the answer. Sometimes, though, it makes for interesting replies when I mistap and uh, say, uh, I'm in a meeting, or I'm on my way, even though I have no reason to come see you, or I'm in the middle of the night and it's, I'm not having a meeting at eight o'clock uh, at, at my own place. We have family meetings at that time, actually.
0: Oh, uh, the patented family music hour slash meeting that we discussed, I think all the way in episode one or no, eight or
1: nine, I think. Yeah. We'd have to go back and look for that. Uh, the cat though seems to keep wanting to have a meeting because she's still right next to me. You should give her your watch. My cat just to wear around her
0: neck. Yeah. Give her the Apple watch and like, let her answer in her own time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's be cat emojis all the way down (laughs) so uh what you're suggesting to me is maybe i should my life hack is i should send you images then that force you to look at a bigger screen
1: i'll still see the images on my watch actually buddy uh, but what if i'm
0: like yo this is a where's waldo style image and i need you to find waldo where's the ufo uh exactly i'll have to like begrudgingly go get my giant iphone or giant ipad uh, but this brings up the the sort of like the next logical step of that and something that you and I both um, share to different degrees is the idea of uh, when you have a new device or a new piece of tech in your home, there's always this like weird uncertainty to uh, how you're going to handle it and if it's going to break right out the box. You know,
1: a lot of those sorts of angles to consider when buying new pieces of tech. I put this in the show notes because I was wondering if you had the same feeling and it seems like you do. And I wonder where it comes from because have you ever bought? something and then it just stopped working after a couple of days that's normally not the case with tech products they're usually either doa or they work for quite a while
0: i had that happen to a wireless router actually maybe 10 years ago oh interesting so it it just died after a few days of use yeah like a week it did a week just fine and then uh it would not
1: broadcast after that Well, at least it died within the warranty, which is nice. And I guess that's why there's a one-year warranty on these things. You can usually rest assured that if something's worked for a good five or six months, it won't just spontaneously die. I guess it can happen. And I'm kind of worried. Uh, Sometimes I'm a little superstitious about this stuff, and I'm talking about this, and now all my devices are just going to die on me. But uh, normally that doesn't happen. But that doesn't stop me from worrying. Is your cat under warranty still? She's five years old, so no, the warranty's uh, gone out on her. Uh, But now she's trying to attack the wires under my desk. Uh, Hold on while I go get a pillow and try to push her away quietly and gently. Sounds good.
0: Due to an emergency condition, we are operating with a reduced staff, and if you stay on the line, you may experience a delay. You may find it more convenient to call us back at another time for assistance.
1: Entity. all right and i'm back after these messages uh she's been pushed away quietly but the pillow actually didn't even have to touch her she sort of sees pillows and she gets frightened so she has a, an automatic response
0: built into her for pillows
1: yeah it's uh it's great because uh it's a nice little non-violent way of getting her pushed away and not bothering us anymore
0: there we go <laughs> speaking of things that bother slash don't bother you uh you recently had some problems or some issues or some thoughts surrounding uh, video game playthroughs on youtube
1: Recently, Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Odyssey came out, and we don't have a Wii. Uh, we're not planning on purchasing one just yet, but my kids are really interested in seeing a bit of the game. So now that it's finally out, there's some really good playthroughs out there, and I wanted to find something that they could watch. Now they've exhausted the ones on the longer videos on the Nintendo Channel because I trust the Nintendo Channel. I, I'm not too worried about there being any. Uh, bizarre content on there. They can just watch the Mario uh, game being played with some relatively family-friendly commentary in the background. My kids are four and eight. I don't really want them uh, watching PewDiePie videos. And um I found a six-hour video from Polygon, and I had them watch, uh, I guess, about half an hour of that. And I put it on mute because they were they weren't really swearing too much or anything, but. Some of the stuff they were saying was kind of inappropriate for like a four-year-old, so I decided to kind of mute it, and my son was kind of happy. He still watched it, enjoyed it. He kind of yells at them to go a certain way, which he obviously doesn't get, That it's even though it's a, still a video game on a TV where he sees his dad play video games, he doesn't realize that the people playing the video game on YouTube won't actually move uh, the game as he wants them to. How long do you think it's going to take for him to figure that out, though? He's pretty much figured it out at this point. Uh, I kind of explained to him a few times. He still kind of gets excited and forgets, but he's, he kind of real- realizes it. It's been recent, though. He's, he's still young. It's kind of like when I uh, pull up the, uh,
0: the laser for my cat, the laser pointer, and uh, she'll play with her for a little bit. And then uh, she always has this moment where she kind of looks away from the laser and into my hand and realizes that I'm the one controlling the laser and then just abruptly stops playing with it. Does she get upset? Does she start meowing during your podcast? <laughs> no, she's actually crashed out, which is great. I uh, I much prefer her mode right now. Right? I don't have to deal with this uh, compared to your very active cat lifestyle. Yeah, well, she's not
1: like that all the time. Uh, she is usually pretty quiet, but it seems that whenever we record in the evening, anywhere between 7.45 and 9 p.m., uh, she gets pretty excited. I fed her. I usually feed her around 8, and I fed her around 7.45, so maybe she got a bit confused. It's also that time of year where she eats a lot more.
0: Yeah, I've been noticing them. Uh, This is the strangest. We should just change this to the Cat Hour podcast, I think. Uh, Just let everyone know that, you know, advance to, like, minute uh, 21 or 22 in order to skip the cat talk entirely. But, yeah, mine's uh, going through the same thing. But coming back to your kids, um, how do you find videos for your kids to watch? Like, do you let them... Like, you have a 4-year-old and an 8-year-old. Do you let them... um, go through youtube do you use the youtube kids app like how do you look for content for them
1: my kids do not watch youtube without me for the love of god youtube is awful awful sometimes and i can't let them watch it unattended the thing is is my kids don't really know much about youtube they only know the videos i'll show them from time to time and my daughter knows about youtube basically because her friends at school kind of talk about it from time to time But they do not watch YouTube unattended because, uh, like, I know too much about what's on there and how the algorithm works and what happens when um, you start in one place and you end up in a horrible, horrible rabbit hole of (laughs) insanity when you start watching uh, YouTube too much and the algorithm takes over.
0: As an aside, I'm really looking forward to the day that you tell me that one of your kids is looking to join Twitter and how that
1: conversation is going to happen. Eek. Uh, not until they're... What, what's the age for Twitter? Is there an age? I 22. Think... Seriously? No. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's like, that's, no. Okay, you, you got me there, Brian. Naive dad almost you, fell for it. You and your 280 uh, characters. That's right. As of uh, this evening,
0: the 7th, I think uh, anyone on Twitter officially has uh, 280 characters, which, as I was saying a couple of hours ago, is a dramatic, really bad move because everyone's just going to complain more. And uh, there is a, a succinctness to uh, 140 characters that's now going to be lost as everyone
1: doubles their complaint time. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I still don't have it on TweetBot, but I think it's just because I'm using a, a third-party Twitter client. But coming back to YouTube,
0: um, so your kids... Uh, basically you curate irl what they look
1: at on youtube yeah we had started i'd started letting them watch some of those uh toy unboxing videos on youtube and i stopped that pretty quick because there was one they liked i i think it was called ryan's toy reviews or something like that um it was okay it was family friendly but wow, the rampant consumerism in this kid's life. He has so many damn toys. And of course, people just send them all these toys because every single one of his videos gets millions of views. Uh, And that's the other thing I've noticed with kids' videos on YouTube. They have an extraordinary amount of views. And uh, I don't know if you have any insight on that. I do I do think it's honestly because a lot of parents don't
0: actually curate their children's YouTube experience and let them play whatever. So related videos get hopped on really quickly. And uh, kids are really big fans of repetitiveness, right? So if they hear one song, they'll keep wanting to
1: listen to it over and over and over again. Okay, and that makes sense why all those kids just rack up millions of views. Uh, one of the reasons I kind of keep them away from YouTube is because I myself watch a lot of YouTube. I really enjoy a lot of the content on there. I've mentioned H3H3 before, and they've pointed out the insanity of some of the kids' YouTube videos out there, uh, namely the Spider-Man and Elsa garbage that's there. Um, And That's why I kind of only let my kids watch stuff um, that I've curated, like you said. And it's usually from the Nintendo channel. They really like watching video game stuff on YouTube. There's a few things I've let them watch, um, some IGN videos that I made sure are, are clean. And uh, everything's good with that. Uh, It's mostly for video games. The problem I'm finding, and if anybody could suggest anything to me um, on Twitter, are there any clean, like, let's play videos for for kids that have Nintendo games? Because I'm having a hard time finding anything that's actually suitable for them in terms of, like, the swearing content. I don't want to be a prude or anything, but I also don't want my kids hearing words that they really shouldn't be using in school or in daycare. (laughs) Uh, yeah if you want to let angela know so angela what's your twitter handle
0: it's angelo fiorin or you can hit us up on double underscore density and let us know because yeah that's a very good question i think that like um and i think it's going to become a bigger and bigger question last year uh friends and i were talking about launching a youtube channel and we were trying to figure out what kinds of content you know would hit really well and one of the things in our research we did is that anything kid related is gigantically huge and very easy to put together right so um there are any number of songs that you can uh go to youtube and search for that have your name in them right so there's like Thousands, if not tens of thousands of variables of the same song that are very easy to produce. So a lot of channels have tens of thousands of videos uh, with slight variations of them, and they all
1: bring in ad money. Of course, especially if then kids start looking at them, and then it's just a cavalcade of children just watching these videos over and over again. And once you get hooked into that algorithm properly, you'll appear on the side. Um, I mean, the big ticket thing is for you to be able to feed off some sort of official like Disney channel or something where you appear on the sidebar and then whenever the kid watches like some goofy thing, they end up with your actual YouTube video and you get the subsequent views. It's sort of like being on Thursday nights
0: after Seinfeld. Yeah, Essentially, that's what it is. And I think um, so. Uh, James Bridal over on Medium wrote an incredibly great article called Something is Wrong on the Internet. It sort of touches upon this and something we talked about uh, maybe 15 episodes ago um, in terms of like automation in the net and the way that works for content and the way that sometimes um, there is no morality or sort of like thought put into uh, the way in which we automate things. So uh, things get made like we were making fun of the iPhone cases that, you know, had uh, adult diapers on them. And things like that. And uh, in the article, he also gives an example of a t shirt uh, that I'm not going to repeat here. You can find that in the article, but that is rather offensive and it's all in the name of automation, right? So uh, there's this like weird space on YouTube where content is created by bots, uploaded by bots, and then also viewed and commented on by bots in theory, too. So it's all this like weird automated sort of uh, uh, cycle that goes on with uh, specifically uh, kids' content.
1: It seems uh, almost complicated though because. Even reading it, and I I kind of understand what's happening, it's kind of mind-blowing that bots are creating these videos that have people in them as well. It's completely strange. And what he's saying also is, he doesn't seem to understand why, he kind of understands why people are doing it, and it's basically for the ad revenue, but why are you targeting kids with horrific things? Why not just make them kid friendly? If you're targeting kids, in that way, it'll just continue to be on there. You can still like rip off Paw Patrol or Peppa Pig, but don't make it so that uh, the Paw Patrol kids are just falling off of buildings, like which is one of the um, the videos that was mentioned in a uh, uh, New York Times article. I uh, I'm gonna post in the show notes. It's actually kind of what prompted me to talk uh, to want to talk about this tonight and. Uh, it's interesting how this came acro- I came across this because I just was thinking about that uh, earlier this week with my kids watching the Mario videos, and then this popped up, I think I found it on Dig, and I said, well, this is exactly the situation I was going with, but I wasn't leaving my kid unattended with what I thought was a child-friendly app with the YouTube Kids app.
0: Right, because ultimately I think it's it's very broken, right, because back in the day, you know, uh, there are no more gatekeepers in, in that kind of way, right? So, uh, you know, let's take Sesame Street as an example, right? There's a lot of thinking, though, into how to present uh, a lot of information to kids and then their standards and practices, making sure that it made sense, you know, that, you know, uh, Ernie and Bert weren't running off the tops of buildings and, you know, all this <laughs> other stuff, right? Um, but now that doesn't exist anymore, right? So it's all content created by users, and there's no real filtering that happens uh, in terms of uh, being uploaded and then tagging, right? So you know, like you can go to YouTube, search all these terms, and then find videos that seem okay, but they're all slightly off. I think is kind of like the common denominator.
1: Slightly off is is almost like not harsh enough here because uh, the one from the New York Times article was a video called "Paw Patrol Babies Pretend to Die Suicide" by Annabelle Hypnotized. <laughs> so how how does how does that fit into the algorithm and why does that get picked something with die and suicide shouldn't even be coming up in a kid's app at all it shouldn't be on youtube really maybe it's a hidden psa it, it's, <laughs> but apparently it's like the what happens in in the video is that like some of the characters die and then one walks off a roof after being hypnotized by some weird doll and is this animated so yeah as a as i guess a non-parent you have no idea what paw patrol is right
0: no i mean i know that it exists i know it's a thing so, i know it's a thing that kids like so my
1: child is upstairs right now sleeping next to his adorable little chase uh stuffed animal and it's uh, he doesn't watch it as much anymore because he moves on to different things all the time. Yeah, now he's on to hardcore pornography, apparently. Yeah, of course. That's what it, it's what he does. Thanks, Brian. Uh, <laughs> he goes on and watches different things. Right now, I think he's big into cannibals. And that's the thing. I'm sticking to Netflix for now. If my kids want to watch something and I, I we're like busy doing household chores or whatever, and they need a good 45 minutes so they can relax and just watch something... I don't mind them watching TV. I'm not one of those crazy parents that it's like, uh, we don't have a TV in the house. My kids just read uh, War and Peace. No, we don't do that. They'll, they're, they're still allowed to watch Netflix. they will be allowed on the iPad from time to time. But I'm not leaving them alone with YouTube or the internet at, at large. They watch nice um siloed things on netflix and even on netflix i'm a bit pretentious about what I, I let them watch like there's a lot of garbage on netflix too that oh, i want to watch this no it's not the animation's not good enough don't watch that <laughs> <laughs> so it's more of an aesthetic thing for you yeah it's there's but there's some real crap on netflix i it's basically we stick to pbs disney junior sometimes disney channel and netflix and i feel that's more or less safe
0: and also, I rescind my comment before about there being no gatekeepers anymore. I think that like I uh, didn't take Netflix into account in terms of uh, they purchase uh, a lot of properties and um, you know put that on their streaming services. So I definitely do think that at least
1: there, there's some kind of gatekeeping going on, right? There was a bug with Netflix I noticed a few weeks ago. It seems to have been fixed. But every once in a while, I'd go into uh, my kids' profiles, which are only for kids. And there would be weird stuff showing up, like uh, House of Cards, which last time I checked, not for kids, but it was showing up. And then I would reset the Netflix app and it would disappear. But it seemed to be some weird issue, uh, not just on my Apple TV either. I'd go into uh, the account online and it would still show bizarre stuff that kids should not be watching. And then I guess it resolved itself. I don't know if there was an issue on their servers. It must have been. Really, Netflix, I usually don't have any issues with. Uh, unlike most of YouTube, apparently. Seriously, Brian, reading that article, uh, I was horrified. Yeah, I definitely do believe it. I don't know if you felt that way, but first, I, I had read first the New York Times article, which was pretty bad, but I, it was kind of stuff I knew already. But the um, James, his name is James Bridle, right? His Yeah. His article is fantastic. First of all, it, it may seem daunting. It's it, Medium says it's a twenty minute read, well worth your twenty minutes. Uh, we're gonna put in the show notes. Excellent article, uh, but sort of horrific because it makes you realize the stuff that's out there. And it's like, um, at one point, he mentions it's like four chan level trolling in kids YouTube yeah that's essentially what it is after a point right
0: Um, because a lot of this is automated but some people actually like spend time creating things uh, that are very strange in nature and you know how many times have you been on public and seen a kid with an iPad or a phone just watching whatever and the parent clearly is not paying attention uh, or very close attention to what's being broadcast right so I think a lot of views do come from a lot of inattentiveness uh, on the behalf of parents who should uh, care more about what's on each child's screen but don't necessarily
1: feel like they have the time to do that. The thing is, it's important to to know most parents that are letting their kids watch YouTube or whatever on their tablets care about this stuff. They don't, it's not that they don't care what their kid's watching. The thing is, is they're not informed. They think, oh, it's a kid's app. It'll be totally fine. Um, and I, I don't like being alarmist about anything. I'm very uh, neutral in most things. But this is really bad. And there's a real problem on YouTube. And um, the point uh, why are you laughing he's, because he's selling an all man lawn there's a real problem with YouTube <laughs> on the youtubes there's a problem, and the kids just need to get off the YouTube lawn and go play outside yeah let's just talk about let's talk about a real YouTube problem.
0: okay let's talk about the apocalypse here. jeez, oh, let's not start talking about that. I don't think we're qualified let's not talking to that uh, I feel like that's definitely a, a topic for another episode where we do way more research than this, but yeah, I definitely do agree with you that like there's a lot of like, there's a lot of crap on YouTube that doesn't deserve to be on YouTube, but yet it exists, persists and in some cases succeeds, which I think is a very unfortunate byproduct of modern day society and the way in which people use tech and don't pay attention to what they're doing.
1: Well, the thing bridal points out at the end is he has no idea how they can respond without shutting down the entire service and shut it down. Like just shut it all down. Just shut down the internet. Um, I heard there was a really brilliant man who said he'd call Bill Gates to shut down the internet. I would love to hear that phone call unfold, my
0: friend. Uh, let's move on from tech to the paranormal. So I'm going to see there. I'll go there now. A double density PSA. Don't you dare copy that floppy. Nor copy it. Who cares? Double density Welcome back to double density, as always. we are switching gears from tech to the Paranormal, and keeping with the theme of your kids this week, you had a really creepy uh I don't know if I want to use the word incident, but uh a episode with your kids this week and I'm kind of curious to unpack this, so let's get into that
1: We were um playing Zelda in the basement, uh like we often do when Mommy is away uh, she had gone to get some stuff at the store, and I get a nice text message from my wife saying, "Go check out the moon. It's really nice." So we head upstairs, we go look through the backyard window, the uh, patio door, and the moon is absolutely gorgeous. It was just rising, so it looked huge coming up from behind the clouds. I took a picture of it. I might post that on Instagram uh, for everybody to see. I don't know if I'll remember. Uh, but yeah, I said, look how nice the moon is. So m- my kids are looking at it. and then My son says, uh, I don't like looking at the moon because uh, sometimes something pops out from behind it when I do what yeah he freaked out me and his little sister his older sister uh it, i just saying that gives me the creeps and gives me a little chill down my spine what does he see pop out from behind the moon like even saying it again now it, it freaks me out and like how often does he see something whenever,
0: whenever it's does he mean th- like a shooting star does he mean like a cloud no he just kind of laughed it off he's like yeah i don't
1: like it i see something pop out sometimes let's go play zelda you need to install bars on your kids' windows. What, okay, what would bars do for something popping out from behind our moon?
0: Clearly, your son is uh, in the first stages of an,
1: a UFO abduction. I don't know. It's, it really, really sort of freaked me out. Uh, and it sort of freaked out his sister, too. So, I don't know what's up. Uh, but guys, beware of things popping out from behind the full moon. What did your wife say when you told her? She thought it was freaky too it's kind of strange uh neither of us are uh very uh, superstitious though or anything so we just chalk it up to four-year-old stuff now when i go get him to go pee before uh the uh, the rest of the night because i do go get him in his room too uh so he doesn't wake us up at 4 a.m uh if he's levitating over his bed
0: i'll let you guys know I'm currently in the middle of reading Malachi Martin's Hostage to the Devil right, which is a series of uh, incidents involving exorcisms. Um, and, you know, this sounds like it might be the start of that. So I'd closely uh, monitor your son's behavior
1: for the next, I don't know, like 30 to 40 years. I'm not lying when I say I uh, the hair on my neck is standing up. It is very creepy to think about that stuff, even though I'm not very much of a believer in exorcisms. Although I do find them interesting. You're the one who recommended that Father Malachi video uh, on Netflix. Yeah, the, uh, the documentary based on his life. It was really interesting. He's an inter- he was an interesting fellow, especially um, as morbid as it sounds, the way he passed away was bizarre.
0: Right, yeah, and I think that's something that we'll get into once I'm done the book, A, and then B. And once we formulate enough uh, research uh, in order to move forward with an episode of that, we'll definitely be covering uh, that. But suffice it to say, uh, an odd week for your household.
1: Seriously, that was one of the strangest things I've heard my kid say, and he says strange things from time to time because he's a four-year-old. Um, but yeah, uh, pretty scary. Not as scary as watching the Paw Patrol uh, Puppies jump to their death from a roof, but uh, pretty creepy
0: nonetheless. Speaking of uh, disturbances in houses and other structures, it was announced this week that they had found a, a void or a new cavity inside of the Great Pyramid of Giza, which no doubt Richard C. Hoagland probably has uh, six years of new material to go with uh, based on this one finding.
1: But what I find interesting about it is they keep calling the space Officially, it's called the Void. And do you not find that make it sound makes it sound
0: quite ominous? I feel like it's almost like a, a portal, right? Like a, it's a Stargate to somewhere else. It's not actually like a, a space that exists in our uh, dimensions, but rather is just a, a gateway, perhaps. We need James Spader to show up and uh, save the day. Yeah, we need Kurt Russell with a machine gun.
1: Yeah, he was like I can't remember. Was James Spader the hero in that
0: one? I guess he was. I mean, both he and Kurt Russell had their differences uh, in terms of like what they wanted to do with the Stargate. So, uh, yeah, I'd say they're both the heroes. Every once
1: in a while, my wife and I watched the Blacklist, and every once in a while, I want to show Stargate to to see like a a relatively youngest James Spader in a completely different type of role. Do you find that it's a
0: little too violent uh, for uh, public consumption, though? What the Blacklist or yeah, no, it's not that bad. It's very network TV ish. There's some pretty graphic stuff from the two seasons I watched. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I guess but look, it's 2017. It for it would be violent for the 80s, I guess, but it's it's relatively fine. The thing is, I'm so used to watching stuff on Netflix now that it doesn't really uh, I watched something on uh I watched uh I started watching Fargo. Um it just showed up on Netflix Canada. I don't know if you've watched that, but I watched somebody get their head smashed in with a hammer, so there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm uh, glad to hear that you are enjoying the uh, greatness of modernity and all of its uh, different levels of violence that you can encounter, <laughs> I guess is the best way of putting it. Uh, but coming back to the Great Pyramid, uh, you know, uh, the the subject at hand, more or less. Um, so they discovered this new void um, that's about 150 feet long and then 26 feet tall, and they're not sure what's
1: in it as of yet, apparently. Yeah, it's something Interesting, because the the pyramid's so huge that it was only a matter of time we started finding more stuff in there. And the way they discovered it was uh, with the science. Uh, they've used like gravitational waves. Is that right?
0: Yeah, so basically what they did is that they used a bunch of radiography in order to um, get a map of uh, the deeper chambers inside the pyramid in order to get an idea of what voids and spaces exist there. And this is uh, probably... Uh, uh the
1: greatest discovery they've had using this project yeah because the pyramids have been pretty much uh I don't want to say solved but they've been uh scrutinized for so many years at this point that um this project called the Scan Pyramids Project they started in October 2015 and basically they try to look through the pyramids without actually breaking anything and it uses a lot of interesting technology so they were able to find this room, and it's apparently about the size of the um, king's chamber in the, the Grand... What is it called? The, the Great Pyramid. Sorry, the Grand Pyramid. So it's, it's <laughs> like... the, the I, I got that confused with the Grand Gallery. So it's about as big as the Grand Gallery, not the king's chamber. And um, it kind of like goes upward from one of the shafts, but there's no access to it. And not
0: as of yet, apparently. That's that's another great thing about the, the Great Pyramids, right, is that there's a lot of different chambers that exist and are seemingly no way of accessing them. But only time will tell, really, whether or not we can actually get into there without disturbing the walls of the pyramid.
1: That's the mind-blowing thing about the pyramids, that they were built thousands of years ago, yet here we are in the 21st century with all the things we can do, and we still can't really completely figure them out. We kind of have an idea of how they were built. We kind of have an idea of why they were built. Whoa, 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 whoa. You
0: have an idea, and I have an idea. Mine involves aliens. What does yours involve?
1: Um, using water and buoyancy to move giant limestone blocks from one uh, end of the, the area to the other, and uh, lots and lots and lots of uh, workers to carry these things and roll them across on slabs aliens brian
0: yeah totally they helped their sa- their saucer technology helped move these giant slabs into place because humans can never do that Angela, come on you know this brian
1: are you uh are you hanging out with our friend there what's his name Tsukulos. <laughs> i can't remember his name i know yeah, it's an awesome I'm, greek uh, name george
0: i'm working on uh, a hair technique that's similar to his because obviously it's aliens uh, so that is something that I'm doing, but I, I kid. But some people actually do believe that there's a lot of alien involvement uh, when it comes to the when it comes to the creation of these pyramids, right?
1: Yeah, it's right. I'm trying to look up his name, and when you type his name, when you type "ancient aliens," <laughs> one of the quick one of the quick searches on Google is "ancient aliens guy." <laughs> so <laughs> let me type that, and there we go, Giorgio A. Tsoukalos. Hey, I got it right. I remembered his name properly. Look at me. But, uh, yeah, he's known uh, for uh, pretty much saying everything is aliens when it comes to um, antiquity. I don't really tend to agree with him. Uh, he seems like a fun enough guy, though. I also think that
0: he knows his audience and he knows his brand, right? So at this point, it's a damned if you do, a damned if you don't approach to answering things. Because if he started answering things logically, no one would listen to him anymore.
1: No, he might as well like, just start rickrolling everybody.
0: Which he could do. Is like That will be the second act of his uh, stage career, or his TV career, rather.
1: Yeah, so he's of the opinion that aliens uh, did this. I uh, kind of came across another um, site that talks about the 10 signs that aliens could have influenced ancient Egypt. We're going to add that in the show notes. Uh, I don't tend to agree with this. I think a lot of the stuff that they um, come across with, uh, especially the the coins with greys on them, I thought that was disproven, and the... The hieroglyphics that seem to depict helicopters and UFOs and tanks—that stuff—that was basically changed after the fact. Um, and that's one of the things that I do find interesting. The—I um, don't know if you've seen them. Those hieroglyphics at um, in the uh, in the Abidos region. There is like a helicopter. Have you seen
0: those, Brian? Yeah. There is one that looks like a tank. One that kind of looks like a helicopter, like a weird one with the line at the top and
1: the tail. Yeah, and, and part of the conspiracy is that they uh, appropriately appear at the Temple for SETI I, or oh, SETI the first. Oh, so, very
0: interesting in terms of naming and nomenclature.
1: Yeah, so that's where it comes from. We, we have the search for extraterrestrial intelligence because of the Temple for SETI in Abydos, and the hieroglyphics suggest this. Though, you know what I love about this show, though, is that no matter how far away we try
0: to s- stray away from UFOs, we always come back to UFOs, don't we? Exactly.
1: Tonight's episode was really actually supposed to be more about Egypt and the curses and things like that. Yeah, but then soon enough, we're like, oh, look at these uh, alien drawings. Aren't they uh, fabulous and
0: tie into our main uh, demographic? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we love ufos uh, th- th- that doesn't uh diminish the fact that there's a lot of weird stuff that has happened with uh, egyptian uh, artifacts and uh, architecture and all that i i was always fascinated by egypt even as a kid i remember i i think this may have been before we were born brian not we were born it's not like i said we but i mean you uh oh thanks yeah i went to see a exhibition at um I guess the um oh, I can't think of the word now. What's the island off the island of Montreal there where the where the where the where, the, where, the, where Expo 67 was. That that whole area. Il Saint Lane? Yeah, Il Saint Lin. They they did a whole uh thing in the eighties there was an exhibit for Ramses the Second and I begged my parents to take me there and they took me there and it was so interesting. Uh, I think I still have one of the booklets I bought at the gift shop, but it could have been more than 10 years old. So I don't think you were actually born yet. Or if you were, you were very, very young.
0: Yeah, I was on the cusp of uh, exiting uh, my mother's body. guess, so let's put it that way. <laughs> I
1: guess <laughs> that's way to it. But, but even at an early age, uh, I knew there was something interesting about uh, Egypt and uh, how it wasn't all um, clear to everyone. The... Did you, did you learn about King Tut when you were young? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, was, I had a very you know, sort of marginal interest
0: in the Tomb of Tutankhamen and the Grand Chamber and all the booby traps, I guess, uh, located therein too, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, as a kid, I'm sure you liked Indiana Jones and the whole thing about being an archaeologist seems so interesting to you. Uh, it was to me. I wanted to be an archaeologist at one point or another. Uh, did watching I... Jurassic Park like reinforce that idea to you? No, not it wasn't Jurassic Park. I like Jurassic Park, but no, it was more uh, the Indiana Jones movies that really uh, made me want to be an archaeologist until I found out how actually boring archaeology can be uh, because you're not out in the field uh, dodging giant boulders and uh, being attacked by snakes. You're usually just reading books in a dusty library. Before I forget, uh, any archaeologists out there listening,
0: don't even bother adding us because we're not even going to listen to you on Twitter. Look, I'm qualified to comment on these things because I have an art history degree. There we go. Um, So kind of moving uh, laterally, I guess, from Tutankhamun to the mummy's curse, right? Which is another aspect of this uh, great pyramid lore that exists. The idea that any who
1: enter the chamber will befall some kind of uh, death yeah, the curse is always added to the fun mystery of uh, Egypt, uh, as as fun as people dying could be, I guess. Uh, so Howard Carter was the person that discovered the um, the tomb of King Tut. Um, it was one of the first discoveries where basically everything was still intact. Uh, the thing is, people have to know is that when the Great Pyramid was uh, discovered and gone into it was empty. Nothing was left. Everything was taken out. Um, People have been looting it for years and years and years. And uh, when uh, modern civilization discovered it, everything was pretty much long gone. But Howard Carter was able to discover this pretty much untouched tomb. And people say that this caused a curse on all of the people in his uh, group that ended up finding it and and the curse pretty much stems from the fact that the um the person uh, basically backing the uh the actual expedition to king tut's tomb died uh not right. too long after
0: i mean there's some websites with the kind of like the quote-unquote lineage or rather like a list of people who died and there's a lot of people who died uh very old so i don't really know how i feel about this uh mummy's curse i guess is
1: what they call it right Uh, well including carter himself he died uh he lived like uh many years after uh he discovered king tut's tomb uh it comes from the fact that lord uh i can never pronounce his name carnarvon Uh if i say it wrong then maybe correct us on twitter like everybody does um
0: he died in that case archaeologist you can add us if you want about that <laughs> but not about the other stuff no no
1: no so he died uh not long after because he ended up like cut it, literally cutting himself shaving and getting an infection that's what killed him and he had been very ill for 20 years before that so it wasn't a stretch for him to die the, one of the unlike f- bob marley no well yeah that's kind of sad right Uh, one of the funny slash horrible tidbits of the day is that Howard Carter's pet canary was swallowed by a cobra the day they found the the tomb. (laughs) So that's like an ominous start to the day. Uh, But this whole thing of the mummy's curse really apparently stems even like 100 years before uh, Carter even uncovered Tut's Tut's tomb because it was um, based on some weird, uh, like bizarre striptease that they were doing 100 years before in England, Uh, Egyptologist Dominic Montserrat found that there was this weird stage show where real Egyptian mummies were unwrapped, and apparently it inspired a writer to to, uh, start writing uh, tales about mummies' revenge because they were desecrating these actual mummies. I think it's uh, the mummy's curse is such an
0: interesting selling point right for the, the great pyramids and sort of like all of this lore uh surrounding it and i was thinking about how um and this is sort of tangentially uh, attached to this but um we're now in a uh fact based reality and what i mean by that is that like as early uh or as late as the 1990s it was hard to verify information very quickly right so um th- that was the last great era in which something could exist um and you couldn't be able to sort of
1: like verify it on the fly right well i i remember this from the playground where kids would say oh my uncle works for nintendo in japan and super mario but four is coming next summer and all that stuff you wouldn't be able to fact check anything that happened with with your friends back then because it was just all word of mouth and there was no internet to look at that now everybody just whips out their their phones and says hey look uh, you're wrong about this and uh, there's no more arguing right so the propagation of an idea
0: of like the mummy's curse is so not easily Uh, researchable, uh, you know, even over the last century, right? So the idea that this curse befalls the members of the expedition team and uh, overtakes them in mysterious and sad ways uh, sounds like a really cool narrative, but in truth, a lot of these men died in the 70s and in their 80s, so, you know, there's not a lot of uh, definitive uh, sort of proof that this narrative does
1: exist, but it is a fun narrative to think about, right? Yeah, and also, this was in the 1920s, uh people died all kinds of times there. there's, there's no reason, like people would just die because they they would die because it was a horrible time to live <laughs> there were no-, <laughs> no but seriously you cause of death death yeah you, you, like the the uh, i'm getting old and maybe i'm dying here, but i can't think of the, the what's <laughs> i can't think of the term uh, expected the dying? De- expected living age. Life expectancy, that's the word. Yeah, it was like, it wasn't what it is now. And people would just, like you said, just die because they died. Uh, One of the interesting uh, theories, though, is is that it was biological in nature. So they'd open these tombs, and there would be bacteria and spores that they would breathe in, and they would just die because of that. But again, this comes down to the fact that uh, Howard Carter himself lived until like 1939, Uh, which is about 20 years after. So either that uh, bacteria took a hell of a long time for it to work its way through his robust system, or he just didn't die because of any sort of bacteria or curse or anything. He just died because he was old. Never thought
0: I'd hear you describe a man's life as robust, but there we are. A quick question for you, Angela, sort of um, thinking about the Great Pyramid as a concept, right? Uh, What do you think is hiding in there that we have
1: yet to see? I would hope that there would be some actually really interesting artifacts. And this is, again, this is the second time I mention it. The art historian in me uh, would love to see some actual artifacts from the Great uh, Pyramid that were not looted and stolen. The uh, paranormal nerd in me would love to find proof that, yeah, you know what? Aliens did build these things. Uh, And there we go. Uh, Van Donneken was right. So was Georgios. They're all right. They know they knew uh, aliens built those things. Do you know how much gloating would happen if that were the case, though? Oh, yeah. There's that uh, that Egyptologist. They always trudge out to talk about uh, Egypt and everything. Uh, you'd have a lot of spleening to do. Richard C. Hogan himself would be so excited by
0: this because we all know how much of a uh, what? What is the diplomatic word I want to use with regards to how he feels about Mars? He's exuberant. Uh, or, yeah, Exuberance. But I want to say how wrong he is about that face on Mars. Uh, So he kind of needs a win. Maybe
1: he's not wrong. You know what would be great? Is if in that chamber is like the plan to build the face on Mars. (laughs) And it just, it all ties
0: together every uh, single kind of major uh, conspiracy theory, right? Uh, Government cover-up, face on Mars, UFOs, alien expeditions, aliens building the pyramids, the pyramids themselves. Like this is a fully formed um, conspiracy, just ripe for the plucking, uh, all you need is the right person to bring in the equipment and start knocking down these walls. The JFK documents are in there too. Oh, for sure, the JFK. The Roswell uh, saucer itself is actually hidden in another void. Yeah,
1: along with the mogul balloon.
0: <laughs> like, why don't we just, you know, it's a whole trophy house um, that various governments of the world use to hide things. Because you can't hide things on the uh, secret moon base on the dark side of the moon because it takes so much time to get there it's there's a maybe
1: there's a portal in there that connects to the side of the moon um it'd be great it'd be like a paraca uh it'd be like a paranormal podcaster's dream for sure and once again
0: archaeologists don't even bother adding us about this we know that we're right just like georgios knows that he's right do you realize the name of the season where this all goes down is going to be like ancient aliens colon we told you so or ancient aliens colon we won <laughs> we won yeah I think we told you so it'd be better. It'd be rubbing it in. And I feel like the ratings would actually spike up for once. Yeah. Is that show still actually on? Uh, Yes, it is. I think it's going on uh, double-digit seasons at this point.
1: (laughs) Wow. I, I have never actually watched a full episode of Ancient Aliens.
0: Why don't you do me a favor? Open up the YouTube Kids app and see if you can find an Ancient Aliens video that's appropriate for children.
1: Honestly, the stuff on Ancient Aliens is way better than the
0: stuff on Kids YouTube. So you're rating them. I like this. I like the idea that you're showing your kids uh, clips of this crazy-haired man talking about different configurations uh, of uh, pyramid chambers and why
1: that's important to the narrative. I would much prefer them watching that than to the uh, Spider-Man and Elsa's videos. Um, look, going back to that, go read that article that we're gonna have in the uh, in the show notes, uh, and
0: try not to have nightmares. The YouTube Kids one or the Pyramid one? Because those are two distinct. Uh, types of articles that we're linking to
1: the YouTube kids one. the 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 pyramid one is is um, a nice short uh, non horrific article <laughs>
0: See, but it's also by a trusted source, right? So the article that we're going to is by National Geographic and they kind of outline what they've discovered and how they've discovered it So I think it's a very informative article uh the beginning of a new conversation to have about what exactly exists in that void Could it be a clearinghouse for all of the world's? Um, uh, conspiracy theory related documents like are all the 9-11 documents hidden <laughs> at the tippy top of the you know the <laughs> highest chamber top. maybe who knows uh, but I feel like this is the beginning of a really exciting conversation to have uh, uh, for insane people to start theorizing what's actually in there instead of a whole lot of nothing in spider webs uh, so did you notice if Hoagland said anything about this I haven't even bothered looking because I know it'll depress me I'm pretty sure he's losing it over this you know just to add another layer to this you know, what, what What did Nostradamus say about the Great Pyramids, huh? Has that ever come up? I don't know. They weren't
1: discovered in his time. Huh? No, but he could have predicted them. Yeah, that's the thing, right? He didn't. There we go. And no, he didn't. He didn't. But he may have. Yeah, maybe there's a quatrain there saying uh, in the uh, shadow of this, the the lion with the man's head or something.
0: The helicopter of the heavens shall rise and bring forth a great period of change to Egypt i recently picked up a uh, on uh, i was at a used bookstore and i was talking to you and i was, I was texting you and i i recently picked up a john hoag book for way too cheap about uh the different quatrains right so this book is called nostradamus colon the complete prophecies and i'll be doing a deep dive in that trying to figure out what the, the pyramid angle is on you and i'll get back to you on that one
1: really was it way too cheap yeah, it was four bucks and that's way too cheap for a john Hogue book? <laughs>
0: I mean, listen, if you want to go to Amazon and sort of see what a retail price for a John Hug book goes for, you can definitely uh, do that. But to me, $4 for a used 1,000-page copy
1: of The Complete Prophecies is completely fine with me. I love that I have a few friends of mine, uh, be it on Twitter or iMessage or whatever, that like to post pictures of used book hauls. You know who you are. Oh, you know who you are, and we very much appreciate it. Don't forget that flying saucers are
0: indeed serious business. And with that, <laughs> I conclude episode 29 of the Double Density Podcast. Tune in next week as we discuss our favorite and not-so-favorite knockoff first-person shooters from the <laughs> 1990s. Angelo, I'll see you and your cat around. See you, Ryan. Goodbye from the pier.
1: I tripped over everything. I don't know if you have any insight on that. Has that ever come up? Some of the stuff they were saying was kind of inappropriate. I tripped over everything. That's neither here nor there. And that's it. I tripped over everything. See you, Brian.